Hello, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast listeners. Uh, just wanted to give you a quick heads up up top. Uh, we wanted to get this episode up immediately. There was some audio issues because of the timely fashion of this f- freaking badass episode of WandaVision. Jeff and Matthew's audio are a little off, but... Uh, I, th- I think it's all understandable and clear, so we're going with it. Uh, hope you enjoy. Uh, we will strive to better our audio next week and try to get back to normal. Love you, 3000. Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing WandaVision, episode five of season one, on a very special episode. All that and more right after this, and we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer booth today, which is an ethereal thing that is in the, is in the multiverse of the internet, Matthew Fox. How you doing, Matthew? I'm good. I'm good. I, I was thinking I don't have a booth. Where did that happen? Is that like some no, water? you're in the hot happened? seat. But, Just oh. your, your, your entire state. That's your booth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Minnesota. There's nothing hot here. If you can give me a hot seat, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> but yeah, no, this, is, this, is an, this is an awesome episode, and we're already getting a lot of great comments from the chat, so I'm really excited to dive in and uh, hear what you guys have to say. Sweet. Well, we yeah. will get to the chat as quick as we can today, because I'm sure there's lots of thoughts. Um, okay, this episode, spoiler alert, we're getting into it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there's so much. Right? That, spoiler that, alert, holy crap. My favorite line in all television was in this episode i think i like i can't think of a better line oh my gosh oh my god <laughs> she what's, recast what's pietro the... oh yeah <laughs> she recast pietro like that's the perfect way <sighs> to to like multiverse it out this is the, like it was so wonderfully meta oh, yes it's meta in a way that i did not think they would go almost like it's so so meta well, like the the great thing about it is that like Wanda gets to be in her universe in her little bubble and they're watching and then like Darcy and uh, and Wu and Monica on the outside looking in are effectively us, the audience. They're they are this podcast watching and going, Yeah, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> I have theories. It's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because it's like all of us from the outside know that that's the Pietro from the Fox universe. So they right. just brought in a mutant. This is our first mutant on screen, like an actual actor from another, from a Fox property in the MCU. This is mind blowing, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, it's all just, it's all hitting me. I'm getting chills thinking about, we have been it's talking about this for the the possibility of this and then just for a while it just just happened it just happened and darcy calls it out in such a beautiful almost deadpoolian way oh you she recast pietro like that's i can't even man they set up a show where they could have characters outside of the show discussing the show for this exact reason and it is freaking blue beautiful just beautiful right Right. Like, and this, this opens the door to any iteration of any character from like from past incarnations to just kind of show up because this is multiverse. Like if, if we're looking at it from like how in universe they're doing it, like the most obvious thing is that 
this is a uh, a point of convergence across all of the multiverse, right? This little Westview anomaly yeah. is a is an in, it's an incursion point almost. Yeah. And Wanda seems to be kind of in control of it, like setting the production design on everything, but other people from other verses can show up and be like, "Hey, yo, I'm Magneto. You know, I'm your father." Yeah. Cuz they right? they named her parents. They named uh the the Maximov parents in this episode, Irina and Oleg were their names. Wow. It's crazy that I remember that, Uh, (laughs) but they brought specifically those names up. Like there's going to be a point of contention about that. There has to be, there's no, there are no coincidences in Marvel, Matt. And as I shared in the chat, I have an off the wall theory about, um, uh, Wanda's mother that we'll get to when I'm, when I'm chatting more. Oh, uh, is it Agnes? Yeah. I, I think Agnes is, is like her mom survived somehow. Ooh, interesting. Agnes is her mom, and uh, Magneto is their dad. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I just can't even, man. It's an MCU way of doing this. Like, a tasteful way. Like, there's a lot of ways you could smush these two universes together for the first time. And, and like, now that they've opened the door, I feel like they could just do it. They could just have have this, like her pulling Pietro from another universe. Like, let's say she's pulling him from another universe because she can't maybe reverse death, but she like re- her like reality powers reached out into the multiverse and grabbed right. a living Pietro from another exactly. universe. And now we have a connection to the Fox universe. And like, I don't hate it. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it. And I thought for yeah. sure I'd hate it. <laughs> they, I've been saying for if years. If they did it that way, like, I'd be mad. But they did it this way, and it's it's good. I've been saying for years, if they brought uh, Deadpool or uh, Quicksilver over from the other universe, I'd be cool with it. But I couldn't see how they'd do that without doing the whole thing. Well, they just freaking did it. They just yep. freaking did it. And, like... Okay, give me the over-under. Are they going to have one of those slow-motion Fox X-Men scenes where he runs around and touches stuff during this season of the show? Oh, man. I want... Okay, Uh, if, if he's there and if he is Quicksilver, I don't know that they're going to do that um, with the production value unless it goes to... If he's trying to break out, like if he's trying to break out, then yes, they're going to do it. If he's not trying to break out, if he's just a part of the world, they're going to do it with the like production budget or whatever the production value, uh, production design of whatever time period they set it in. And like that sort of slow mo is just way too advanced for TV in the 80s or 90s, you know? Sure, sure, sure. No, no. I think he's getting out. Like we know. I'm so just like, well, we already know that there's this Spider-Man character of J. Jonah Jameson who apparently exists in both universes as the same character and actor with the same look. So like we already right. have that connection, but that's, that's not a multiverse thing. That's just like, it seems like Wait, they just live though? in the same universe. Do we though? Cause we haven't seen J. Jonah Jameson before Spider-Man far from home and far from home happens about five months after this event. So it's possible that J. Jonah Jameson his multiversal connection to Spider-Man Far From Home is after this and, and yes. caused by this is what you're saying. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. He looks he looks significantly older, right? Maybe it is because that universe is set, you know, like that universe is farther back or whatever. 
like JJ crossover because of the incursion. Like that's what's happening. Oh my God. That that's that that is absolutely possible and it is huge if so like just bringing forward an x-men character into the show in this way it's just like she says in this episode there's some things you can't reverse or some things that are permanent you can't reverse yeah. death now vision may be a special case because he's a synthesoid but right. like maybe she could not reverse pietro's death but had to find a pietro that was living and she did she pulled she him reached from, out into the multiverse yeah just, Oh man, I love that. She cherry picks what she wants from the multiverse, which is what we were doing. Absolutely. Exactly. But now we get a Wanda that gets to do that. And like her parents are dead, but Pietro's aren't. So absolutely they could bring Magneto in at the end at the, like Fassbender as like Magneto could totally show up. And I would be cool with that, man. If it was Fassbender and, and, and Fassbender and, um, McAvoy, the, the Professor X and Magneto in that show, we're, we're, we're working together in different ways. Like, what if they somehow use, I don't know, Kitty Pride or wh- whoever to get over to this universe and, like, cross universes um, and, like, to, to find Pietro or whatever. And we never got that. That's one of the things I actually wanted from the X-Men movies that I don't think we ever gotten was the the real uh, connection between Pietro and and. Magneto, you know, like he, he was always wanting to connect with him, but I don't think he really did. So, I mean, if you remember Apocalypse, I try not to, he tried to get in there. Um, he was running across stuff, right. Up to Magneto and like trying to be like, Hey, you're my dad. But then he just kind of stopped. Yeah. Yeah. They, we just, we never got that conversation where it's like, right. You're my dad. We never got their, their connection. Yeah. If you really wanted that, if you listened to the first arc of Monday Morning Movie Medics, you would absolutely have gotten that connection. <laughs> yes, everybody, they, check out. They left to go be a, a bonding pair. Check out that Stranded Panda podcast, Monday Morning Movie Medics, where they rewrite some of the worst missteps in various continuities. We say that. Uh, we've only had one arc so far. Yeah. The best reason to check it out is to encourage him to make more. Yeah, ag- agreed, agreed. I mean, we've got seven-ish hours of audio about... Pirates of the Caribbean four on Stranger Tides, but <laughs> you know, it's so much to edit. It is a lot. Uh, okay. So let's get back to WandaVision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a nice, back, nice little back. plug for, uh, for, for, for Monday morning movie medics. <laughs> I, okay. So that's, that's the first big, big thing. Second big, big thing. Wanda stepping out. We, we've been talking about what is that person stepping out. There was a trailer yeah. released this week. What is that silhouette? Yeah, there's a trailer released this week that showed that silhouette, and you can see the cape. And I was like, that's Wanda. That is just Wanda. It's yeah. just straight up Wanda. Um, I was thinking that it was too big a frame to be, like, too big a, a person to be Wanda. Uh, it, and I was definitely on, like, this is somebody dragging something or carrying something. Yeah. Or somebody walking a child into or out of the anomaly. But... You know, I, I was right in that it was somebody with the cape dragging something. I just, I it, was wrong that was. the frame was the wrong size. It's, it's Wanda 100%. She was dragging the drone and like, it's such, just such a great scene. It's, it's, I mean, I am, I was I'm, so menacing too. Like, God, yes, she was so scary. I'm completely blown away by this episode. Like in, in a way that I, I was last week too. Last week was wonderful in like that it set everything up and we finally got the outside world and we got all this stuff revealed. This week was like moving the story forward, seeing her 
like that she has agency in this world she knows what's going on viz yes. says it viz says i have to believe that you did this by mistake and then you just couldn't let it go that's what happened right but no we know we saw her go to that sword facility get vision's body and put it back together like that's and and yes this is a corpse that has been reanimated by yeah uh, <laughs> wanda so they went there Ew. they went there they like, went there they, they even went for said corpse in this episode. necrophilia yeah <sighs> but he's not he's <clears throat> excuse me he's not breaking down like he's not decomposing from the look of it so uh i guess vibranium uh prolongs the lifespan of the cells <laughs> that it's bonded with <laughs> muzzy net in the chat just said necrophilia confirmed it's <laughs> uh, rough it's so rough it's so rough it's so rough we've been say we've been avoiding it and and every, we we got we got feedback this week from people saying like it's not because it's not a real body it's a it's a robot but it's also mixed with with human cells or whatever or like organic cells so yeah it's a little weird this is dark this is dark for a disney movie yeah <laughs> and it, but it's not a movie it's a tv series which True. makes it worse i mean have you seen the mandalorian disney's going pretty dark these days yeah disney's getting down there but uh i wanted uh, like you mentioned the sword facility with with vision there like i want to talk about that because yeah. Vision being there, vision vision being in that facility and being in pieces from what it looked like. Yeah. And the 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 thing being sentient weapon obser- Ob- observation, it, ob- observation and observation and response, response division, yeah. Division. Sentient weapon. Vision is a sentient weapon. Exactly that. But and she was saying not, you know, it doesn't mean creation. But if they're breaking down vision and examining him, yeah. that is very much a like that's a vision quest storyline from the eighties, but it's like that's very much a sentient weapon creation thing. Like they're doing bad stuff with, with the tech. Like possibly that opens up armor wars. That they opens were, up armor wars like wide open. Yeah. Well they're they're definitely like examining him in a way that I don't trust an agency like sword or shield to do. Um, like they're, it seems that they are doing some work to try to figure out what is going on under the hood of vision. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. So that, that Hey, and Hayward knew it. So that's the first, like, that is a little iffy. They even said that it was against his li- his living will. So he's it's it's kind of neat that he had a living will. Honestly, Vision had a living will. Uh, and then he um, <laughs> neat reveal there. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I predicted it in season two. I knew it the whole time. <laughs> living will confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so living stupid. will confirmed. <laughs> The other the other thing that is huge in this episode is that vision we 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 get a we get a be- much better sense of what is going on in Westview for the characters. Uh apparently the humanoids know what is going on and they're being tortured by it according to the Monica. Humanoids? Sorry, the humans. I don't know why I said humanoids. I guess <laughs> I guess I guess because we don't we're we're, we're worried that some of them are humanoid. We, we we think that some of them are uh, possibly demons or witches or whatever. Um, the yeah. humans are all literally everybody. Yeah. They, they all seem like they have, uh, they, they know what's going on in their head. They know they are being forced to act out this world and it's, and it's torturous to them according to Monica. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, it, it was what it was terrifying. 
it was uh, invasive. What what was the term that she used, or that Monica used in her violating? Yeah, violating. violating was the word. Yeah, that's it. So it's all those things which is horrible and awful. And you can see it whenever Vision wakes Norm up. Yeah. Oh man. With his like his weird touch power, and yeah. uh, the way that the way that Norm or Abolash Abolash um, when he like when he freaks out and is like make her stop. You have to make her stop. I have to call my sister. Where's my phone? She's yeah. watching our dad. Oh, she's oh. Our, our, my dad is sick. I, I mentioned, and, and, and I, I'm sorry that this keeps coming up on the podcast, but it, it just like my emotional state and the show keeps touching on it. Uh, I mentioned my mom's in the hospital and doing all this stuff when the, when she wakes up in the hospital and freaking out about her mom and everything that really, uh, and, and the overcrowded hospital and everything that really, got to me because yeah. of my mom's current situation and COVID making all the hospital run over and everything. But right now my mom is in rehab and I am talking on the phone with her case managers and her therapists like an hour or two every day. So I'm getting calls constantly and trying to like make sure she gets the best care and, and deal. So like, like it's just ever present in your brain when out. this goes on when he woke up and like freaked out about her, uh, her, 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 like, or his, his dad being in the hospital, and I need to call them. I need to call them. This is my response. I was like, oh gosh, that hurts. That hurts. Um, so like, that make you want to call yours? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally, when I got off when, between the live watch and here, I needed to call my mom's case manager. So like, just like, it's kind of ever present, and so that like really like humanized him in such a the show with the like acting where they switched from sitcom sitcom <laughs> to so real that it like is hurting my soul like it's visceral in a way that is like directly hurting me like connecting to what i'm going through and and that's just that is just an amazing thing that they have created that has never been done before it's freaking awesome good job good job norm (laughs) good job norm good job marvel (laughs) uh in feige we trust yeah you know Um, like whatever (laughs) and the and vision, we got to get, we got to get a good idea of what's going on in visions experience as well, which is yeah. he does not remember the world before now. So I'm assuming like maybe when she booted him up or whatever, <laughs> she put memories of little baby vision, <laughs> right? <laughs> With the pictures of baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty, oh, pretty, that was pretty amazing. Um, so, so funny. the fact that he doesn't remember anything and man, you, you talked we talked about when she comes out and how menacing it was when she comes out with the drone. And that was, it was amazing. And when she has all the guns fired, Hay- aim at Hayward, I think all the, all the, all the fans who are theorizing him being the big bad, which is all of us, right? Um, all of us really. You know, yeah. Like he just seems suspect. Hayward is sus. Um, we, yeah. we, the, like everyone was like fire 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 uh but no uh (laughs) (laughs) and he is definitely he's either the bad guy or he's the guy who's ahead of all of us because she is clearly pretty villainous like she deserves that like amount of suspicion the suspicion that he is presenting yeah oh (laughs) hey ward is hydra Okay, we won't say what that's from in case you all haven't seen it. But Hayward is Hydra is a is an amazing joke uh, from a previous MCU property. There was a great uh, listener comment that I want to just throw out here because it's so relevant to this. Our Breeze wrote that I think what they're doing with Hayward is too obvious. 
Agreed. I think he's just a dick. He's not a bad guy. Right. I think that's exactly right. He may be a dick, but he's not 100% <laughs> an a-hole. a-hole. Or something. <laughs> no, it's... I'm a, no, I don't believe that anyone's 100% a dick. Yeah. So good. Such a good line. But yeah, that being said, I don't, I don't think that Hayward is necessarily the... Uh, the big bad that we're looking for. He, he's just yeah. an antagonist. He's he's one guy in charge of a government agency who's being yeah, or a he's dick just, because that's government agencies. He's right? a hard-ass like government agent right. that is like trying to defend a town that has been taken over. Like From his perspective, all of his descriptions... I mean, he's he's playing the uh, Thunderbolt Ross character here when he, when he lays right. out the case against Wanda. It's like, how many good things has she done? Yeah, she was trained by the Avengers for a minute, but like it seems like everything we've seen her do has led to like <laughs> she bad. Oopsed Legos, uh, she she oops and oh my gosh the the log Lego Legos Lagos how you say it's it Lagos okay. it's Lagos okay no no it's Lagos if it's in Portugal the one that's in Nigeria that she uh, damaged Lagos. is pronounced Lagos that's like, Lagos like Gus Gus like Nagus okay. like Nagus from Star Trek but with an L Lagos sure. Um, Come we've on. had uh, we've had somebody in the in the Facebook group like mention it a lot. Um, that I'm they're pronouncing so it wrong. We're bro. doing it right today, Lagos. Well, but I think we're fixing it. No, they do pronounce it as Lagos in the, in the show. MCU. Yeah, which they, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> they pronounce it wrong in the show. And, so, and there's yeah. a huge uproar on the on the internet. A city called Lagos, but Lagos, Lagos is, Lagos. is this one. Okay. Yep. So, so he lays out that case, the, the same sort of case that Thunderbolt Ross did, and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she's bad. She's bad. From his perspective, it's like, oh, I don't know that he's wrong. Uh. Yeah, but then Monica sees the good in her. Monica wants yep. to appeal to her. I am absolutely loving the team of Monica, Darcy, and Wu. Like, yeah. we've all it talked like about that's it. Us. That felt like... Uh, it felt like a, you know, it felt a lot like Agents of Shield. Them trying to solve the case, them walking around. Her shooting at her own outfit was awesome. The, the fact that she converted her outfit to look like it, it belonged in the town, but it was still Kevlar. That was pretty badass. Like I want, I want more of that. Yeah. Like I feel like that's coming back. That sort of idea that like when you when something goes into the world, it's changed, but it still maintains some of the core elements of the thing. You know, right, right. You don't change the matter. You just change the way it's arranged. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't change the composition, you change the arrangement. Yeah, or or, or just the appearance, or like whatever, yeah. like, yeah, some of, the, some of the aesthetic things. Monica being like super smart and being like, you know what, if it's in the 80s right now, what if we go get tech from the 80s to send in there so it yeah. doesn't have to change? Like, oh, Monica, good call, girl! Monica's smart. Damn! Monica's She's very smart. smart. And she has a friend who is an uh, an astrophysical engineer or an aerospace engineer. Aerospace engineer. So like that's got to be Fitz, right? That has to be Fitz. <laughs> I don't know about Fitz, but like I, I'm down. He is an aerospace engineer. He also wasn't in Agents of Shield the last few seasons very much because uh, he was off he doing was movies. So I no, wonder. No, he was here. Right, right, right. He was here. No, he he was off doing <laughs> movies. The actor, and so I'm wondering if he's sort of ascended to that movie level, and like they want to bring him into the movies. Um, no, they have to. He's he's a good enough actor to be in these movies, um, and and, and yeah. on the Marvel Studio side. So like 
fits, 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 fits. The, the live chat is yeah. all chanting fits. I love it. Um, <laughs> fits. Let's, like, can we just get the live chat for a second? Everyone chant fits so it just like fills up the screen. That would be freaking awesome just to get a screenshot of. <laughs> just like 30 people chanting fits. Uh, those are the big, big, big moments of this, of this episode. Are there any other big moments we want to touch on before we turn to the chat to see what everybody uh, everybody's talking about? Well, I mean... Uh, the 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 Pietra reveal. Oh no, we haven't talked about the Agnes uh, of it all. Oh when right. She, like she seems to be, she seems to be outside of the influence of every of or well not outside of the influence, but she seems to be like, like I've said, she's leaning into it, right? Because like when she walks in and it's like, wait, hold on, you want me to hold the babies, right? Should we just take that from the top? Yeah. Well, she like, seems outside the influence, but seems more self-aware than other uh, other people have been for sure. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Is like she she seems to be aware of what's going on and leaning into it in in that like no, you don't have to control me because I'm going to do what you want. Like I'll play this part for you as much as you want. Just you know, don't. <laughs> Right. Don't force Ooh. me to go back. That that sort of portends that theory that everyone has mentioned that like possibly Wanda went to Agnes to be like, Hey, I want I need your help. If she if she is yep. this uh witch character that people are thinking from comics, Agatha Harkness, uh then uh possibly Wanda went to her for help bringing Viz back. And yep. then and maybe that's why she went to Westview and then that's what th- occurred here. Um, and th- then, and then if she may not be under her spell, she may be just living out the fantasy with her while she tries to bring about these children. And man, ah, it's just crazy. So Ashley and I have been saying for a little bit, like we, I, we told you about the theory that, um, that Mephisto is going to show up here and then he's going to go into messing with Spider-Man, right? And then Spider-Man's going to be the one more right, day story. Right. What if it's not? What if Spider-Man's not the one more day story? What if this is the one more day story? She wants to bring Vision back, right? And Mephisto offers her a deal. Yeah. Provide a vessel for me to come into this world, make this little bubble, Ooh. and I will give you your vision back. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know in the, from the comics, oh, Mephisto is a character who does things like this uh, and sort of making a deal with the devil sort of thing. Um, and that is absolutely possible for what's going on here. Hmm. Love it. And this is her one more day story because one more day is about like, you know, Peter Parker wanting to, to spend yeah. like, uh, you know, one more day with, with MJ before having to completely erase that marriage from his life. Like, Oh right. man, it it could, oh. it could it absolutely could be it could, or or it could be uh, one more day with the added little twist that she's also going to bring these children into the world. Like, right. like she always wanted a family with Vision. She always wanted the children. She always wanted Pietro back. All these things she's bringing. I wonder what Agnes's response to Pietro will be. That will be fascinating next episode. That yeah, that's going to be the one thing that that we need to focus on. Real hard. Yeah, you you you. A very important um, addition here. Nate Muzzy wrote in. Everything that Agnes has done has been related to the kids. Setting up the spicy anniversary, bringing Mm -hmm. the pineapple, which is a symbol of fertility, bringing the rabbit, which is a symbol of fertility, and now everything this episode was all about the kids yeah she has done the focus on the kids i will say she in the in the first episode she did like help with dinner and things like that so not everything but like a lot of the things she's doing is helping with the kids well if she helped like if she helped with dinner 
that, well, uh, if she helped with dinner, that could have been to help the anniversary thing along. But you, it could also just be said that everything that Agnes does is to provide the thing that she needs at the moment. To, yes. You know, to be there for her with the solution. Like, oh, you have a yep. problem. Here it is. Yep. And Viz calls that out in this episode. Yes, exactly. One of the things that Muzzy pointed out that goes to this kid's theory is that also it's Agnes who took Wanda to that meeting where all the parents were, where all the, 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 the mothers were saying for the kids, for the kids. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. the children, for the children. Yeah. And uh, Agnes pointed out that Dottie was the key to this whole neighborhood. Uh, to everything in the community and she said getting into the good schools was part of it yeah for sure okay speaking about the children there so i love that another thing we haven't really talked about is the kids and they seem impervious to her control right kids you can't control them no matter how hard you try that's what agnes said and agnes wasn't freaked out by the kids aging up like on a whim. No, she wasn't freaked out by anything because she's in on it. Like I'm, she's in on it. I'm fully she's convinced She's an agent now. of Mephisto. Agnes, at, well, at least she is in on. She could be Mephisto for all I know. Like she could be, but she's in on the whole the whole control of it all. Yeah, it does seem like she's, she's in, in on, on the it. Sitch. Uh, and Viz does not seem to know what's going on at all. Right. Well, he does. He does seem to know what's going on now, but he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any memory of the outside world. So what's what's this all about for him? Um, it does seem like it, this episode, without any outside information, and the fact that her name's Agnes, and we all started thought, call, thinking she's Agatha Harkness, all that stuff. This episode is in universe, in episode reason to think that she really does have outside knowledge of what's going on. Yep. So that's that's all very interesting. So the fact that the kids are not under her control was super interesting, and the aging up was and the aging up on purpose was super interesting too. Like they they yeah. understand their power, and like the fact that they have control over their age, so they don't seem real like in a whole different way than they aren't real. Um, right. They seem like they are self aware of what's going on in a way that it's weird, and and like when they're when they're ten years old and her puppy dies and she starts begging them not to age up. That yeah, got she has me. to beg them to not age up. Well, that got me because she has been through lots of trauma in her life. Yeah. And that made her have to grow up fast. She lost her parents. She lost her brother. She's had to like trauma. Sometimes trauma stunts you in some ways, but it also makes mm-hmm. you have to kind of force yourself into a frame of mind to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I, it seemed like she was begging them not to grow up too fast, which is a sitcom way of saying, like, don't let this trauma, like, cause you to lose your innocence, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was really, really touching. It was kind of that. Like, I, I felt like it was kind of, you know, please don't lose your innocence. Don't grow up too fast. But she was, I mean, it was also very much like you have to sit with this. Like, you have to learn how to deal with this grief. You can't just run from it. I yeah. am having to deal with grief. I am learning from it. Like, it seems like maybe that was kind of a a, a situation for her mm-hmm. to, to accept that that simple truth. Oh yeah. And and like she was realizing it as she was saying it. Well, it was also one big do as I say not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> like like the whole thing is like, "Oh, don't try to undo death." And she's created a That's town. That's exactly what you're doing, Wanda. To create this. And not only that, she says 
uh, I can't control death, I can't control death. It's like it gives her the idea to control death, and then she starts looking her like subconscious, which Viz calls that out, that it's my, this all might be somewhat subconscious, and she definitely seems surprised by Pietro. It's almost like her subconscious reaches out into the multiverse and pulls Pietro from a different universe into this one, and I cannot wait till he wakes up and says, where's Wolverine? Uh, like, I just can't where's wait for Logan? it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. Okay, so let's get to the chat, because we are running short on time and I want to get to some chat things. What you got, Matthew Fox? Let's bring you onto the screen and see what's going on in the chat today. Right, let me fix my hair. Let me fix my hair. Okay, yep, you're cool. looking good. You're looking good. Thank you. All right, so the chat has been very busy. We've got a lot of different th- comments. Uh, I'll try and group them up a bit. But first, let's talk a bit about Vision further. Haley Hobbs wrote in that was Vision in pieces at Sword because it sure looked like it. Yes, he and was. Then, um, uh, Harmony also asked, do we really think it was Vision's will to be taken apart? Why would Sword have him? And so that's going to get us into a whole set of questions about uh, Sword and Hayward. But for now, just on uh, Vision. What, what do you think was going on there? I think it was in his will. Not He said he, he did not want to be anyone's weapon. That was in his will. Yep. But I think they were sort of breaking that contract a little bit by studying him. And that might be... So, so we've all been talking about Hayward. Hayward might be the big bad. Here's the thing I think Hayward might be. Hayward's the guy who was using Vision to create weapons, and Scarlet Witch found out shortly after Tony's funeral. They've had Vision's body for five years. They're studying it. They've got this program, just like the Hydra program in Avengers 1, and then we're going to find out the twist is going to be that Hayward knew all along, and, and this is why she did this. Like, so it's going to give Wanda a little bit of a hero out, I think, in the end, because it's going to be like, she went nuts and like did this whole thing because she found out that sword was like building weapons based on vision. So like, she's like, uh, whatever, whatever humans, I'm going to do whatever I want because you have, you've tried, you've stolen my love. And for five years, you've torn him apart, reassembled him and made him into an abomination of what he wanted to be. And I think that that, that might be the thing that like turns, turns her to be like, well, she's, she's kind of just a villain. They're like, Oh, I kind of see why she did that. You know, there's actually a question that I wanted to throw out for you guys. Um, I think it's incredibly significant that we learn in this episode because we're hearing a lot about how no one knows how to stop Wanda. But now we know there's at least one person who can break Wanda's control over people, and that's Vision. Yep. I think that's a really significant thing. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I had, I had talked about that before, um, probably in the chat or something. Like when we, when we zoomed in on the, the form that was on the board about uh, Abolash Tannen, it it talked about specifically exactly that situation where he touches him and releases Wanda's control over him. And then when he, uh, when he keep, you know, takes his hands off of him, he reverts back or whatever. So I think that, I think that that's going to be significant in that vision is going to have to be like, they're going to have to fight each other at the end of this. And oh, he's yeah. going to, he's going to have to basically convince her, like, you have to let me go because you're hurting people here. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely oh. looks like, I mean, but that, I mean, I, I, oh, I, I tried to get to this earlier and I lost my train of thought, I guess, but we, we, I, lo- I loved how intense that shot was of her dragging the drone out and facing off a sword, but even more intense and interesting was when he fly, they both fly in the living room of the 80s sitcom set and they're like ready yes. to fight inside this, this little world. Like, and he's like, stop lying to me. And he, he points at her. It's like, you don't get to make that decision for me, Wanda. Like, oh, the 
intensity, Matt. The intensity. It is. It is real. The intensity is real. Oh my goodness. Palpable. So so good. Someone in chat is saying that that we sort of got a foreshadowing of their of the fight that might happen. And one thing I noticed was the pose that Vision went into reminded me an awful lot of the pose that he goes into in the Berlin airport uh, or the German airport in Civil War. And I I posted this in the the Facebook group a couple of days ago. We're getting a lot of echoes of Civil War. You know, we brought up the Sokovia Accords. We brought up that it's because of Wanda, like what she did in uh, Lagos. Is that my sound? Lagos. Lagos. That because of what, you know, her mistake that she now wants to clean up, that started the whole chain of Civil War and the Sokovia Accords. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting parallels that are happening here. That in some ways, this is a... you know, it's one more version of that fight of what happens when a person with these incredible powers kind of goes off the rails a bit and who holds them accountable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is an extension. I mean, they, they mentioned the Sokovia Accords in this, which we, we, we've talked about. They said in the past that the Sokovia Accords are not over, like the, the, the production people. The Sokovia Accords are still a thing. We know it's five years later. Sokovia Accords are still a thing. And like, this is direct... Like they are, <laughs> Wu comes in and says, that's a, that's a violation of section da, 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 da of the Sokovia yeah. Accords. <laughs> that was Nate pretty Mosey awesome. also made a great point because we we're talking before about um, whether it's Mephisto or just Wanda's power, but there's no children anywhere in the playground. And that oh, one of the yeah. theories that was postulated was that maybe it's because either Mephisto or Wanda can't control children. Vision oh. is a child. Vision is at still this point, like, <laughs> five years old that's that's a good point kind of creepy because of the whole uh the whole uh, romantic relationship but yes that is true that 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 he is he is a child oh goodness and it's it's weird though because like there was the there was what episode two was was where they were like for the children but then there are no children in the neighborhood. But I, I specifically remember in the trailer, in the Halloween episode, there are children all over the place. That's true. That's true. They're, they're in the trailer. There are children shown. And what does that mean? Does she try to create children now? Can she not create children? I was thinking that it meant that she moved, like possibly that she moved all the children outside of the city before all of this started. Like, like as to protect them, like I'll take over a town, but let me, let me like get the kids out first or something yeah, like let that. Me protect you know? the children first. Yeah. Like that kind of makes sense to me that she might be willing to cross some lines, but not others. You know, she's still, it, it could also be that because Agnes said you can't control children, no matter how hard you try. Um, she moved the kids out to be like, I'm going to keep the people that I can control. Hmm. And the the thing that I'm that I'm I'm going with now, and that's that linking that is linking to in my head is you can't control children no matter how hard you try. That's why the Young Avengers come about because the the parents can't control these kids and they oh. want to make their own team. Oh, that could be fun. Int- well, or like if Wanda's the big bad of phase the four. Young Avengers are the ones that have to stop her. Yeah. Oh my god, man. And then all the adult Avengers are controlled. It seems a little cheesy, honestly, just saying it out loud. A like the bit, kids yeah. versus like, the adults. Sounds super cheesy. But that's what the runaways is all about. Except yeah. Matt, do you know what it sounds very much like? What's that? A nineties show. Well, yeah. sure. But I think we're talking about like a long term arc. So like if in sure. if in a young Avengers movie that happens whatever, 
if we know that kids can't be controlled by Wanda, if that's like an established thing and somehow they make that not cheesy, uh, and then we have to like, I don't know. They do it well in uh, His Dark Materials where like the children are scared of aging up because they'll start getting controlled by certain things. Um, that's oh, a fun yeah? thing from His Dark Materials. You guys should watch that. It's good. Any other things in the chat, uh, Fox? Yeah, we, we got a bunch more. I'm just going to go through it quickly. So first of all, Monica, uh, a bunch of people were asking about why Monica had that moment of like really tension around the name Captain Marvel. One thing was suggested was that maybe Monica is a scroll, or that maybe it's about that uh, Monica feels like that Captain America abandoned her and her mother. Uh, would love to hear you guys just chat for a minute about what, why we think Monica had that moment of tension. I heard a theory this week that I, uh, it, I it's, it's Jeff's not going to like. It's going to make him mad. Um, that in in don't in, you do it in uh, in <laughs> don't Captain you Marvel, Monica. In Captain Marvel, she like warms up some. She uses her like powers to like warm up some tea for Maria. And there was like speculation that that's how Maria got cancer. I don't think that one event is what gave Maria cancer, but I do think that all of the experiences with Captain Marvel, maybe out in the universe were something that were, she did some things that were too great for a, for a, uh, for a, a, a human alone and it's possible that like whatever experiences she had on a scroll ship out in space captain marvel was fine but her human friend who's just a human ended up getting cancer from some sort of cosmic radiation um i think that is totally possible that she's the result that her death is the result of working with captain marvel and then that would be an absolute reason she would hate her theory but it, it could be yeah, could be um good job Reed Richards is the one in comics that discovered how to uh, detect scrolls are have replaced a, a person. Like I, I don't remember how he did it though. It was like some sciencey gadget that he made. But like, what if this X-ray that didn't take on Monica is because she's a scroll? Like the X-ray didn't take. It was weird because her scroll physiology. You know, keeps the X-ray from from happening, right? And it's like our first clue. Possibly, I mean, it's either that or the X-ray didn't take because she is Spectrum at this. Yeah, point. that's what I'm thinking. Is it? Uh, we know in comics, Monica has some powers at some point, and I think that maybe whatever she went through in Westview, the throwing, being thrown out or whatever, might have given her some powers that uh, the the uh, X-ray was picking up. And I, I don't know if we'll see that in this show. Or if that'll be a future thing that we'll find out, but it would be cool if she gets involved in the final battle as a as a meta human or or whatever. And then right. as we as we talked about, then she is the sentient weapon that that sword has to work against. Yep. Or like try to control. I do have a counterpoint though for your Carol gave Maria cancer. Okay. Thing, you asshole, <laughs> is that if it was the tea, then every human that drank that tea would have been also given cancer. Well, I didn't say it was the tea. That was a theory that was going around. I said it was some experience that she had with Captain Marvel that maybe she went out into space with Captain Marvel and did some things. She's the plucky human that, that's yeah. like working with Captain Marvel and then she has consequences that Captain Marvel doesn't. And it's like, yep. Monica is mad because she didn't take care of her or whatever. Anyway. That's fair. That's fair. I, when I, when I heard you going that direction and 
you were saying that Jeff is going to be mad. I just turned off my ears and was like, I have to run down this this thought that I have. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stop listening to Matt. <laughs> oh, okay. Good podcast. I don't want to hear this cancer talk. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great podcasting right there. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really you is. Listen to your... Uh, okay, Matthew, throw, throw a, few, a few more at us rapid fire. Let's, let's do, let's do yeah, rapid okay. fire. You got it. So, Sword, um, does anyone find it? Uh, why did they fire a missile at her? Because Hayward's a dick. Hayward <laughs> thinks thinks he can surprise her and take her out. That's it. Yeah. Uh, related to that also is someone was pointing out if anyone's going to be involved with what happened to uh, Vision, it would probably be Banner. It actually asked about Tony, but obviously we know that Tony's dead. Spoiler! Is Well, yes. Is Sword <laughs> keeping this, whatever they're doing with Vision, before Wanda broke in, are they keeping that a secret from the Avengers? Absolutely, because we, we've talked about this, that, like, why are the Avengers not there? I think it's because they were doing experiments on Vision, and that's what caused this whole thing. And just like in Avengers 1, when S.H.I.E.L.D. is keeping the Hydra, or the, like, Project, uh, what do they call it? Anyway, they're, they're making Hydra weapons from the Tesseract. Uh, I, forget mm. the, I forget the name. Um, stage 2. Or stage 2. Phase 2. Phase 2. Uh, they, they, they're making those weapons just like that. S.W.O.R.D. is keeping that from the Avengers because they know that they wouldn't like that they're using Vision's body right. to make weapons. That's my theory. Here's the question that I was going to ask though about that. Haven't we had that plot line before? I mean, isn't that the plot line of the first Avengers movie? Uh, it's one of them. Is it that they haven't learned the lesson or is there something different here? Well, it's a different organization. They haven't had a chance to learn that lesson. (laughs) It is a different organization. It's also just an ongoing thing with all of these organizations that like the humans always want to take the humans are scared of of these sentient weapons. I mean this is this is the sentient weapon organization. They're scared yeah. of them and they want to have some sort of control and they're always fighting to have a little bit of power themselves. I don't think that's a like one time thing. I think it's going to be an ongoing arc forever in comics because there's always going to be a shadow organization that wants to like the, the section 31, the shield, the the you know, all of them. They're they're all they're all kind right. of the same. Vermillion one asked, and a couple other people have echoed this, that Wanda doesn't seem like she's in full control of things. And yeah. that she's doing a lot of it, but something else is happening. So Vermillion one asked, is the fact that the team is concluding so early in the story that Wanda's behind everything, does that mean that she isn't? And that maybe there is going to be a truer villain who's revealed in the final act? Absolutely. I mean, Wanda specifically says, I don't know how all this started. But she also says, all of this is for us. I don't remember when she says that. Is is that what she says to Vision? Yeah, she says to Vision, I don't know how all this started. So, like, that sort of thing, if she doesn't, if she actually doesn't know how it all started, then that means that she is under someone else's control. Or it's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Wanda, and she, like, has let herself be erased on purpose so that she can live in this world happily. Right. And... That sort of thing leads me to that thought again of what if this is one more day for Wanda and it's Mephisto that has like orchestrated all of this. Absolutely. And and, and that could be Agnes or the, 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 I agree that there's some reveal coming. I think it's either all this Mephisto, Agatha Harkness, Agnes, witches, da, 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 or we're going to just find out something like we just, like I just talked about where like, the reason she went after vision. And like, I think it's pretty clear they were creating weapons. I, I, that's, that's my new theory. And I don't like it. I like right. it. Put it on the board, put it on the board. So I'm just going to give you one last bit of feedback. Then we can wrap up. Melissa asked, what do we think of the mailman? He's only been shown twice now. And both times he's super suspicious. 
Agnes pretended to shoot him in episode two, and he said in this episode, don't worry, your mom won't let anything happen bad happen to your dog. Yeah, she won't let him go too far. It's a really good point. I mean, we know that the humans are in on it to some degree. They're not in on it. Agnes seems a little more self-aware than others, but they all apparently know what's going on. There's a file for the mailman on the board, so he's a, he's a real person. He's got a license and everything. But that doesn't mean he can't be in on it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the actor who, or I, I, I'll put actor in quotes, the, the guy who plays him is Louis Desposito, who is a, uh, an, a producer at Marvel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I think there's definitely something going on with the mailman. Like, I think we're going to find <laughs> out where, like, the, the, that all these people have some sort of role outside. We, we kind of know Norm now is, is a guy who's just caught up in it. Um, but a lot of these people who are taking key roles in the city might have something to do with what's going on. Uh, might have some role in Wanda taking this on or something. The ma- male, <laughs> Mailfisto. <laughs> just got for real in the chat says Mailfisto. Thank you. Thank you, Jay Scotty. That's pretty it's perfect. Great. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, Fox, for producing today. Anywhere that people can find your stuff. Yeah. If you go to theethicalpanda.com, you'll find all the different podcasts I'm doing. But of course, also all on the Stranded Panda uh, website. You can also find me on social media, uh, Ethical Panda at Facebook and on Twitter. We're doing a lot of great podcasts. The Clone War episodes are continuing. We're doing something about The Phantom Menace coming up pretty soon. We're going to try and find a few positive things in that movie, because there definitely are some. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, not, not Phantom Menace. The Force Awakens, which there actually are quite a lot of good positive things, and, and some negative. Uh, and then on Superhero Ethics, we just recorded a set of episodes about um, the idea of canon and what happens when you break canon. And we're talking specifically about two movies that have come out um, in the DC Universe, Gotham by Gaslight and Red Sun, both of which look at the characters of Batman and Superman and put them in totally different environments. So that episode should be going up next week. Great things to check out. Sweet. Yeah, please check him out all over the place. Um, Superhero Ethics and Star Wars Universe podcasts are freaking awesome. Um, So thank you, Fox. Thank you, Jeff, for hanging out. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, chat. You guys are awesome. Really, really helps out to, to have the outside perspective especially on these instant casts and we have no no time to think about things um you guys are throwing great ideas out uh we'll be back uh i guess on uh, by the way are we doing monday night is is we're going in the evening correct evening yeah so we've been doing friday instant watches and monday uh feedback episodes we are going to do the monday feedback episodes in the evening starting this week if you are wanting to join or you maybe haven't had a chance to join we'll keep you updated on the email and on the chat group and Facebook, uh, both of which you can find in the show notes. Um, anyway, uh, patreon.com slash mcucast if you want to support the show. We love you. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. <laughs>